Captain John Conrad is the founder and CEO of G-Captain and author of the book Fire on the Horizon. John is licensed to captain the world's largest ships and has sailed from ports around the world. He has also built some of the world's most advanced ships and managed billion-dollar offshore construction projects in some of the world's harshest marine environments. All opinions expressed by Christopher Vonheim or his guests on this podcast are only their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Bin. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Christopher Vonheim as a specific reason to invest or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. This episode is produced by William Fransen. Learning more about is these the differences between being sort of a, an employee on land versus you know being out there in the oceans because the hierarchy is so different, right? Because once you're in the vessel, like there are very strict sort of social orders and rules, right? So how would you describe sort of the social hierarchy on a vessel and what is the the pros of that process versus the cons? Because we all see in some of documentaries where you see sort of what can go wrong once you don't feel like you have sort of the the right position to 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 sort of say against you know the captain's orders right because there is a very strong hierarchy on board ships right so it's it's changed dramatically when i you know was first on that oil tanker it was six dollar a minute phone calls and um no internet no anything you know you had a TV lounge with a uh, hundred VHS tapes, and then you had a library, and uh, the crew all ate together, and then they went and they socialized together. You'd watch a movie, or uh, you spent a lot of time together. And when you you're off time, you go up to the bridge and just hang out and, and talk. Um, then I went on the drill ships. Uh, so there's a billion dollar ships that had fairly high speed internet and you could connect with home. And now it's like, wow, this is completely different because I used to, used to go out for months at a time and at $6 a minute, your family would only call if something, you know, someone had died or got sick or something bad. So you were always kind of fearful of that phone call, but then you had the whole crew to, to go around you. But suddenly you're on the drill ship, you got, you know, texting, you got, internet, you got everything else. And then when people are done work, they're going into their cabin, they're playing video games or on their devices. Uh, and also, you know, we had meetings with the short twice a day. So you'd have these Skype meetings and it's not just, you know, suddenly you're answering for sure. And they don't understand the difficulties that you have on board ship. They're always asking you to do things. So it's, it's changed dramatically, but um, you know, better connection to your family, but also I was always more in the compartmentalized when I'm out at sea, I, I, it made me too sad to think of my family and being away. Uh, so I, I didn't connect very well. And when I'm home, I'm very present. I didn't connect. Some guys continuously connect with the ship and bring some manuals to work on or something. Oh, I didn't, I, I really segmented those lives. But then once you have this internet and technology, you're pulled into all the problems. Your son, you know, failed this test grade or your your nephew got in a car accident. He's okay, but he's in the hospital. These things 
Um, so it's led to, you know, a real, a lot of stress on Mariners now where it used to be guys went out to sea to get away from all of this, right? And that's part of the reason I was able to jump up so high because I knew these computers where most people went to sea because they, they wanted to get away from the technology. But now it's inescapable. Definitely. Talking a bit about leadership and yourself being a captain, what do you think separates a good captain from, or separates a great captain from a good captain on board? Well, it's interesting. I thought about this a lot because I was lucky. My first six captains were excellent. <laughs> I mean, the, the absolute best captains. And then the next captain I had, he got his license in a way that wasn't legal and he was attacked by pirates. Um, and, and part of the reason he was attacked by pirates was because he treated his crew so bad. The crew kind of let the pirates on off Nigeria. But then the, the company kind of to reward him for this pirate, put him in charge, even though he didn't have an unlimited license, he was used to smaller ships. Uh, they arranged for him to get a flag of convenience unlimited and be captain. So we went from a very small ship to do the captain of this big, expensive, multi—you know—billion uh, dollar operation, and then he was just absolutely horrible. Um, and then uh, captains afterwards, some were really good, some were bad. But what I realized looking back is those initial captains—you know—some of them had issues. Um, but you're so new, you don't realize their faults and deficiencies. So as a young guy, it's all about a captain who can make you feel part of the team, make you, you know, cares about you, leads you. And then when you move up in, in rank to chief mate and you have responsibilities, the best captains are the real ones who support you, but are also very technically competent. And you can go to them with problems and hopefully they will know more than you do, but that's not the case. So you're kind of, almost ignorance is bliss as a young cadet coming out and you just want someone who's going to keep you safe and, you know, keep an eye out for you and help you with your job. But as ships get more difficult or, you know, there are more technical issues, you really want someone who's got that leadership abilities can connect with the crew, motivate the crew and has that technical expertise. And I found the guys who are nice and if you listen real well, if you listen to your crew, if you're engaged in what they're doing, especially on the larger ships like drill ships, I really struggled until I got interested. Uh, on the tankers, I got I struggled until I was interested in engineering. You know, there was always this friction with the engine room. And then one day I said, man, these engines are huge. Let me go to, and, the, and it was like the scene of Fight Club, like, go away. We don't want you. But as you show interest, you get excited and you learn about it. They, teach you new things and your expertise goes up and then you you get the engine room and suddenly you can do things you can't and i had to relearn that on drill ships hey teach me about this at drilling we're too busy to teach well i'm going to sit here and learn anyway um, during my off time so being able to listen empathize stand up for your guys and really that that technical knowledge is important that's a great, great summary. Uh, I found a quote that you also have mentioned before, but I just want to read it out loud because I felt it was super good that the sea is selective, slow at recognition of effort and aptitude, but fast in sinking of the unfit. Is that sort of the perfect quote from Felix Riesenberg talking about sort of the oceans and how 
yeah, basically just summarizing how you need to, or how the oceans treat you if you're not suited for it, basically. Right. And that, that's, that quote is engraved in uh, the marble of Fort Schuyler, New York Maritime College, where I went to school. And you have to memorize it when you get there. But the Captain Felix Reisenberg was really interesting. He was like, you know, I don't know who the popular um, authors are now, uh, you know, but Robert Peterson or Clive Klusser, he was that a hundred years ago, but he was also a captain, but extremely popular. But, you know, the, the, the average public loves sea stories. You had Felix Conrad, you had Kim more famous, but the, there was a real desire for this literature. Um, and it's mostly been forgotten. We had to memorize that quote, but we were never told to read any of his books in college. Uh, it's actually Sal Mercagliano who's to read one of his books. I'm like, this is, this is a really great book. But that quote uh, is important because um, I said that a good leader also has to have that knowledge. And I think we're focused a lot on, you have all these books, happiness and leadership that are really on the soft side, but they're not really focused on the deep technical knowledge. Other thing is, you know, a lot of people specialize now. So uh, the closest calls in my career have all been from a cattle ship who had never been on a tanker, never been on a container ship, never been, you know, you don't go in an anchor very much. So when they did, they were in trouble, you know, so kind of, you know, learning a diversity of skills is important. And that's what Felix Reisenberg is saying if, if you don't have that technical competence, if you don't at least have the learning in these different areas, you're going to see a situation that's you're going to get in trouble and the, the ocean doesn't care, right? It doesn't care if you live or die. It's completely apathetic. What's, what's the opposite of love? People think it's hate. It's not. It's apathy. The, if, you, if, a, if a woman hates you, you can almost turn that into love. Uh, you know, if, if you pursue her and you're nice and you're kind, but if she wants nothing to do with you, you're on your own, right? And that's, I think the lesson of Felix Reisenberg is the, the, the ocean is beautiful and majestic and we think it's there to help us, but it's, it's really completely apathetic. It's, it's, it's going to challenge you at the worst times. And if you don't have that knowledge, it will, it will, it will kill you, right? If you like this episode and the content we create, please make sure to check out our newsletter called The Bin Letter. More information is in the show notes. If you want to watch this episode as well, please head over to our YouTube channel and make sure to subscribe to the channel. This episode was produced by William Fransen.